Good morning. This is the daily devotional for the 4th of March. And today we'll be looking at a reading from Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law, or by you believing what you heard. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. It's an old joke. It's not a very good one. But it points to something we find in our reading today. The principle that language matters because ideas matter because faith matters. Faith is a gift from God. That is the ability to receive and believe truth. But our understanding of that faith is determined by what we receive as ideas, and they are expressed as language. Jesus spent much of his time debating with the religious leaders of his day about the status of the law. First, a bit of history. In the beginning, there was God and his created beings in the order of creation. Then through rebellion and disobedience, humanity in the person of Adam and Eve was sent out to live in a world that was disordered. The rest of the story is of God restoring us. Firstly, it's through the selection of a chosen people to be a beacon to the nations of the one true creator God, Yahweh. Israel was that nation, and they lived a story with God through Moses' leadership that would be recounted endless times 
We call this the Exodus, and it's a story that ends in the promised land from which Israel was supposed to launch the mission of God to the world. Along the way, God provided some rules and regulations, sometimes called the giving of the law. These were to help the chosen people obey and walk in God's ways. It was given because they had shown a remarkable ability to go in any way but those that God required of them. God was their salvation, and that law pointed to him and how to live for him. Over time, the idea of the law, which became in its broadest sense, that story of adoption as chosen people, of the rescue from slavery and the giving of the rules, became the means of salvation, not the God to which they were supposed to point. And that beef Jesus had with the religious leaders, not least because God had sent the prophets, then John the Baptist, then Jesus himself, the divine Son of God, to point them back to God. God himself was standing among them in human form, Jesus, fully human and fully divine, sent to Israel to show the way back to God. He died for our sins. Paul knew all this. He knew that the law he had subscribed to as a Jew, as a Pharisee and a Roman citizen, had become his salvation. He had previously persecuted those who followed Jesus. They were deluded blasphemers, as far as he could tell, and he zealously pursued them. But he did not see coming that Jesus would pursue him. On the road to Damascus, his plan to persecute some more was cut short and he came to a deep, lifelong, life-changing relationship with the risen Christ. And one of the words that must have taken on a new meaning for him was the law. Writing to the church in Galatia, he has discovered that they were falling back on the law to save them. He is uncompromising. You foolish Galatians, are you so foolish? He had taught them that their salvation came through Christ and faith in the Jesus that had died for them. They had received the Spirit of God. Miracles of faith had been witnessed. This was proof, if proof were needed, of their need for Jesus. But some went back to the law and ritual obedience rather than living faith in relationship with the living God by his spirit. The word law had taken on a meaning God had never intended it to have. And we do the same. There's a favourite verse to many that is used today from Genesis, and it refers to being made in the image of God. It is used today to say that since we are his image bearers then we are almost godlike in our existence and therefore flourishing as ourselves is the ultimate pleasure to god this is a misappropriation of the word a bit like our opening witticism about the door but there are three definitives of the human condition the first one is how god made us in creation the second is how sin has spoiled us now and the third is how God is restoring us, being made a new creation and being brought to perfection only when Jesus comes again.
the language of human flourishing would have us in the first category, how God made us perfect in creation. But that was the paradise that is called creation. To accurately describe us, we are in category two, how sin has spoiled us, or category three with faith, how God is restoring us. We carry an image, but it is marred and obscured in this life by sin and the fall. But we do have a calling to be in God's image. Our choices and our feelings and our wants and desires in this life are imperfect. But God, through Christ and his spirit, is perfecting us. We only, have, we only return to perfection when Jesus comes again. Are we foolish to change the language in this way, to elevate this existence, to think greater of ourselves than we ought? By this, we think less of God. Now, I'm sometimes in awe of Paul that he could be so direct. But may I politely suggest that we are not saved by the law. We are not saved by ourselves. We are saved by the work of Christ on the cross and we are called to be guided by his spirit and to obey all he commanded as he makes us gradually into his holy people. The door, by the way, was slightly open. It had not become a receptacle for jam. Let us not play with words, but seek true meaning and the truth that sets us free.